Hello everybody and thank you for listening to the latest Coleman Had a Dream podcast. Before everything gets started, I just want to let you know that we recorded things in two parts today because the pub we recorded things in the first time round got far too noisy and far too loud. So we apologise for any uh, crackles or disruptions in the audio quality. We've got a plan B coming up very, very soon uh, to make our audio sound a little bit better. But the end of this one does get a little bit loud and crackly, so apologies for that. Um, After we've talked about the Wales game, we then go on and talk about the Welsh clubs, the FA Cup draw today, uh, and a few other bits and bobs, including the Wales women. So please do keep listening for that, and hopefully that'll be a lot clearer quality. Again, thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to the latest Coleman Had a Dream podcast. I'm here, as ever, with Ruth. Good evening. We are in a new location again, third podcast in a row, so hopefully we'll find our new home. We'll see. We'll We'll see. see. The the people here have politely turned the music down first, (laughs) which we're very grateful for. Um, so today we're going to talk about the Wales games upcoming against Denmark and Albania, uh, a little bit on the Welsh clubs uh, and a little bit on the women who have also got a game coming up against Portugal. Um, we'll start obviously uh, with the Albania and the Denmark games. The squad obviously got announced the other day. Um, a few interesting absentees and inclusions. I figure the most obvious place to start has got to be James Lawrence. Uh, he's kind of I'd never heard of him until the other day and I honestly thought that someone had typed his name in wrong when I thought it was Tom Lawrence and I don't know whether a J and a T and near each other on the keyboard but I just assumed that that's what happened until I read more Uh, having done a bit of research he seems to have played a decent amount of football through his career 120 something starts so he's obviously got a decent amount of experience for for a 26 year old player but I'd never heard of him and it was a massive surprise to me. Yeah. Especially when you see that Joe Roden isn't in the squad. What did you think about that when you saw it? I mean, I think that's the biggest um, contentious issue about it. I think choosing James Lawrence in and of itself, I think that's fine. Let's stretch the net. Let's see who's, you know, what we might have. He's qualified. He's said yes. I, I can't see a problem in an of itself including him it does seem an odd choice over Joe Rodden though doesn't it to put him in ahead of Joe Rodden I wonder whether um, there's I don't know if he's carrying if, if Rodden's carrying a little niggle and, and Swansea have said you know a couple of weeks a couple of weeks might not hurt whether um, you think that can't sorry I was just saying you think that can't be the case purely on the basis that he wasn't in the last squad until yeah, last called minute. up, yeah. And then, so I don't know. In the, he, it's not like... I mean, you can, you can see the, the merit in inclusion, Matt Smith, he, you know, even though he's based in, in Holland, on his age, you know, the, the, just because of his age, you can see some merit in including him. Yeah. It just seems an odd decision to be having someone that's closer to 30 marginally closer to 30 when we've got options and also I I'm I don't have a problem with us calling him people with grandmas that are Welsh it's not that but equally I do want us to be rewarding the genuinely local lads who've come up through the system and they've like paid their dues effectively through the 17s and the 19s and the under 21s and what have you and so that again is a little something that makes me a bit uncomfortable with them choosing Lawrence over Rodden. I think that's a fair point. I think the difficulty for me is is that 
whilst everyone is giddy with excitement about all the young players, and rightly so, Joe Rodden is still only 21 years old. Whilst he's having a great season, it is just a, just that. I mean, he was on loan at Cheltenham Town, I think it was, in, in the past, and he's not exactly pulled up trees previous. And I'm not, you know, being down on the boy. I, I'm just saying he is 21, and I don't think... You know, Giggs might not think he's ready yet, which he is, you know, enti entirely entitled to do. Just because he's had a good start to the season, that doesn't necessarily mean that he should be called up. If, however, it is the, the, the case that he's been called up, he's not been called, sorry, at, at, at the expense of James Lawrence, then I, that's when it becomes a bit of an issue. You made a good point to me the other day when we discussed this, which was the other side of this is as well was that we know where Joe Roden is going we know he's going to be a good player yeah. Giggs probably doesn't feel the need to call him up right now because he knows what he's capable of is he going to start in place is he is he higher up in the queue than Mepham, Chester or Ash probably no. not so no. the, he's probably more used to the 21s and to himself going and having those experiences staying with his club whatever than he is yes training but then probably sitting on the bench um, I so wonder. I don't see a, personally I don't see a huge problem I think if he was if he dropped Chester or Ash for him yeah. then I think yeah. that's a different category I wonder whether they're looking at his age as a kind of advantage almost of just having a bit more kind of potentially a bit more maturity announced in that back line on the basis of you know as well as Ash played in Ireland he's, we're not going to have that, that many more games out of him no and so do we have do we want someone involved with the squad that is at least bringing a little bit of kind of grown up mentality yeah. to the group I mean I, for I, what is a very young back line potentially I totally agree with you and I think as I furiously just make sure I've got my statistics correct here um, I think experience is part of it mm -hmm. and the fact he is experienced in playing football across Europe yeah. you know he's played in uh, the Czech Republic, he's played in Holland, he's played in the UK, now he's playing in uh, Belgium for Anderlecht. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do think that shows that he does have a wealth of experience and knowledge. Um, and I think, you know, that's, I think that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I agree entirely with you that if you're looking for experience as a halfway house between them, and by them I mean Ash and Chester leaving, and... Uh, Rodden and let's say Mepham or Lockyer or whoever else Ampadu even yeah. being the next generation if you need someone with experience to kind of link those two things together I think that's a fair yeah. point yeah. Um, the other thing that I was I was going to look at uh, I, I was going to say sorry is that he does seem to suit the way we play in the sense mm -hmm. that he's a big lad and apparently he's, you know, he's a good ball playing yeah. centre half so I do think he has a lot of attributes we need. My big concern about him, and it's less a concern about him, I suppose, than the, the situation, is that I read that Steubenberg has seen him play, but Giggs hasn't. hasn't yeah. um, and I heard this conversation was had on Edgeforth the other day, so I don't want to kind of rehash it, but that is a slight concern for me, that he's called someone up and he hasn't seen them play. Um, and maybe this is exactly why he's doing that. He's calling him up to get him in a squad and maybe he won't play in either game and he just wants to have a look at him. But it, 
it strikes kind of a slightly worrying uh, yeah. precedent, in my opinion. No, I would agree with that. Um, the I was looking at the defensive kind of positions, and he's Giggs has made it obvious that one of his priorities is to is to get some strengthening depth to have some options at different positions. The way that you know. Gunter and Connor might be options for one another. Yeah. And, um, you know, Williams, Chester, Mepham, Lockyer might be kind of options for each other. And there, there isn't necessarily an obvious um, option for a sort of Ampadu-Rodden combination. And maybe bringing James Lawrence in is just to give us a little bit more option in that sort of attacking defensive player in the way that Ampadu or Rodden might be. Yeah, Maybe it's just a bit of depth for that. And as you say, try him out, see what it is, see what he is, what he can bring. And maybe, as you say, the fact that he's got some European exposure, perhaps that's an appeal as well. No, I think so. And I think, I think that's a very good point you raised there about building options and, and building an option for rotation. And You know, maybe the guy only plays five times, but if he does well in those five games... I don't, you know, I'm not bothered to be honest, and I and I also don't have a huge problem, like I say, with him being there in place of Rodden, purely because of Rodden's age, and this is based on the fact that he's had what ten or so good games for the Swans, and I don't, again, I don't mean to belittle that, but it is just ten games, um, and and perhaps he's seen with Ampadu, for example, who was brilliant against Ireland in the first game, did you know was completely out of the game against Denmark and then latterly Spain maybe he's thought oh maybe I've brought someone into a bit too soon there and he shouldn't be our starting midfield player yeah. and maybe he's thought maybe I'll give Rodden a bit more extra time I'll find out what my other options are because ultimately he's in my opinion anyway his focus is building so that when we go to the first round of qualifiers for the Euros we know what our squad is we know what our team is we know we're going to play and we're ready to go from there. And this is his last throw of the dice, so to speak, before all of that properly gets underway. And we know then, and he knows what he's going to do, who's going to be involved. Yeah. But he also has some clear options when people are injured yeah. or their form is dipping. Sorry, I just finished my beer. <laughs> um, no, I agree. And I think that if he is using that as that option to just kind of figure what he needs to figure out, then I think it's fine. At the end of the day, it's a friendly against Albania, and yes, I want to win the Nations League and get in the playoffs and everything else that goes with it. If we don't, it's not the end of the world. We've still got a full campaign to go where we can right any wrongs that may come up tomorrow night. So, for me, I think I'm actually with gigs on this. Sentences I never thought I'd say. Um, (laughs) And I think think criticism... in this regard, is a little bit unfair, in my opinion. I think the other thing it might, the other statement it might make is that, you know, if you have a Welsh grandma, we're open to discussions. Mm. You don't, you know, you, we're let us let us know. Let's have a relationship. Let's talk. Let's see what's going on. I think it also makes a statement that we're um, we're not kind of closing shop. Yeah. Um, and I think we, you know, it's it's paid for us to be open to that. So I think. I don't think there's a harm in, in kind of making a statement about that either. No, I agree. I, I think there's a wider conversation I want to have later about that, mm-hmm. as it happens, actually, regarding young players coming through and, and, and stuff like that. But I do want to come back to that, because I think that's a very good point. 
Looking further through the squad, then, mm-hmm. obviously, Ben Davis misses out. Yep. Uh, suspended for the Denmark game, so presumably Giggs has thought there's no point in flying all the way to Albania. We may as well kind of... When you look how busy Spurs are at the minute, yeah. I, I think the, 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 rest, the rest is probably good. a good thing for everybody, us, us going forward as well, yeah. not just Tottenham. Yeah. Um, and obviously, he's been replaced in the squad then by Taylor and Dummett, because obviously Dummett pulled out of the last mm-hmm. squad. Declan John, who was in the last squad, played against Spain, now misses out entirely. Do you think that was maybe his last chance saloon against Spain? Do you think he might be done now when he's looking at, right, my options on the left-hand side are Davis, Taylor and Dummett? I think they're probably the obvious three, aren't they, at the minute? Uh, particularly Taylor's started to get some more regular time with Villa, so hopefully he's, he's going to be a bit more in form. Uh, but I, I don't think you can take Zeklund John off, off the table, as it were. I think he's just a bit further down the pecking yeah. order. I could only see yeah. him coming back in in some kind of emergency. Yeah. like um, At the moment, because, I mean, he's not getting that much playing time anyway, no. is he? So, you know, if that changes, then perhaps his status yeah. with the national team changes as well. For me, he has to go a long way to jump those three, though. I think a lot would have to happen yes. for, him to, yes. for him to jump those three. Um, moving on further... Uh, Dan James has been in great form for Swansea so relatively speaking not a huge shock that he's been included there um, I would have the same argument for him as I do with Rod and that he has had a good half a season Yeah. Um, and it's only really the last four games I think I'd say from what I've seen anyway he's really kind of come alight so I'm not sure if that does fly in the face a little bit of not picking Roden but I think it is a great sign for Welsh football that at the moment in terms of attacking players yeah. we've got such a great youthful generation of him uh, obviously you know Bale and and, and and the older players like folks but also then we've got Robertson and Lawrence and Brooks and Woodburn and Wilson <laughs> and now Dan James which is like a lot of great options yeah. to have and I think it also shows that Giggs is having a real or putting sorry a reliance on you in attacking positions and if you are in good form in that sort of area you'll have a shot yeah yeah I mean I think he was of the players that Giggs has looked at and called up he was the obvious forward attacking player that we haven't had as a member of the squad thus far so I think he was the obvious next mm. next call up in the sense of getting getting in getting involved getting part of the setup and see part of Giggs's setup and, and see what he is yeah. uh, so I think that's I wonder a little bit whether there's been this kind of background over these six games of yeah we can only have 23, 24, 25 in a particular squad but actually across the six games we want to perm from these 32, 35 and we want to make sure they get some exposure across the six games and he was an obvious omission in that sense yeah. at the minute. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I think from what I've seen him, he's a very fa- fast, direct player. Um, what a penalty I think it was uh, the other week uh, which from which Ollie McBurney scored. So he is definitely a threat. I would say again from what I've seen his final ball like decision-making can be a bit hit and miss but he is you know, he's a young that's, lad that's, so that's, that's their that's age as well isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, another interesting one for me well I was going to say interesting that Ampadu's returned that's not a surprise it was more the fact that King has been 
kept in. And we've made this point before of, well, I say we, you have made this point before of, sometimes whilst the retirement to let the other the younger players come through is necessary. Other times it can leave us in a bit of a spot. And again, no slight on uh, uh, Dave Edwards, for example, who's, who's one of those people who's recently retired. But does that kind of imply there's a bit of a, a weakness perhaps that gig sees in our central midfield and that someone like King I appreciate there's not a huge option but like Steve Evans for example seems to have disappeared a bit Lee Evans Lee Evans yeah I was actually going to I was going to mention Lee Evans um, but there's a, few, there's a few players isn't there you know Emil Hughes as well might fall into that category yeah. of seems to have fizzled away and yet Andy King's got his place so I think it goes back to what I've said previously that I'm, I'm presuming he's there because he's bringing a level of maturity and kind of um, like senior nouns to what's yeah. happening on the yeah. training ground that Giggs still feels is valuable. Because uh, obviously, I mean, he's not he's not getting any play. Yeah. Uh, Leicester have kind of shelved him squad, shelved yeah. him in that sense. So he he must be providing something to the squad in a more sort of general. Uh, background sense, mustn't he? No, uh, I agree. Because there, there are players who are getting more, who are younger and who are getting more regular exposure who you you feel might be knocking on that door. So presumably King is bringing something to the table. That, yeah, some sort of maturity. Yes, yeah. Nouse, I think, is a, is a good word. Yeah. Do you I think that's all we want to say, really, on the on the squad. That, that, that was, I did want to come back to that, sorry. The... The Swansea connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's fascinating to me that we are in a time where we, we are a very broad group in terms of where our players come from. If you actually look through our squad in terms of where players were actually born, and again, I just want to be clear, this doesn't bother me. It's just I find it interesting that a lot of our players are English born, mm-hmm. or well, not Welsh born. Um, which I find quite interesting. And I find it very interesting that we are kind of casting the net far and wide. We talked about with James Lawrence, for example. But I do think it's worth noting at the moment that looking at that squad, players we've got in and around who are all in some way, shape or form a product of Swansea. Joe Allen, Ben Davis, uh, Connor Roberts, Dan James, uh, Joe Rodden, Ash, sort of. You can argue Ash. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and obviously Neil Taylor. Oh, I hope I haven't missed anyone out there. I'm sure <laughs> someone will tweet me if I have. But um, for that many pe- players to come through one club, I actually think is really impressive. And I don't mind to an extent where our players come from. What I don't want to happen, which probably completely counter- counter- contradicts my argument on Rodden, is... I don't want people in the longer term to be coming in at the expense of what we are producing. And do you know what? Almost at the ex- I don't want to say at the expense of them being a better player, because that's not true. But I wouldn't want to see an average player get in over a young Welsh prospect. Because, as you say, you want to see more local lads kind of involved. And I think longer term, yes, it's great to cast the net and get as many options as we can. It also shouldn't be the detriment when we are producing a string of quality young Welsh-born players, which Swansea are at the minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a. I mean, we'd like we'd like to get to the point where there's 
the natural progression that we're starting to see from the under 16s and 17s and etc up through into the senior squad is the norm and we don't need to cast the net wider for the senior squad because everybody's just evolving very naturally um, and I think we're, we're approaching that we're approaching the point where that is our norm that we're promoting through the age groups um, but what's interesting I think is those age groups are drawing from a wider net aren't yeah, they you know true. you look true. at Brooks and Purdue you know they, they a lot of them could um, are multi-qualified in terms of where they could go and they've made very conscious decisions yeah. to be part of our system and remain part of our system um, and I, I suspect what we're going to see is that that cast that wider cast of the net is just going to happen younger that we're going to be pulling the the, we're going to be pulling them into the under 16s under 17s and then they're going to progress through which is exactly what we've seen with someone like brooks uh, and so i'm not sure we're necessarily going to get to a point where players are homegrown in this in the sense that we mean but i think they're homegrown from a progression through our system yeah. and are reflective of our system um, and I think that's a good, a, a good yeah, situation it seems like a best of both worlds almost you know we'd be silly not to consider players who, who qualify by grandparents what, you know you've got our population we can't afford yeah. to do that but equally I would prefer that they have grown with us and are and are invested to that In extent the, the Welsh way is yes this has only just come to me, so this is nonsense, and I don't even know the answer to my own question, so this is completely ridiculous. But I wonder how many countries of equal size, and I, Uruguay is the first one that springs to mind, I wonder how many of them have uh, dual qualified nationalities, if that's the right way to say it. Because they're a small country like us, and I wonder if they have players who are born in other countries that... I think there's a... Because of the relationship with Wales and the, and the other countries within the UK, I do think there's a, perhaps statistically, it happens more often for us, yeah. you know. I mean, we're both technically, we could have played for other countries, if yeah. you look at our grandparents. Yeah. Um, so, the, I think we might have more exposure to that, just because of the strange situation in the UK. True. Sorry, that just came to me. Um, before I think we're done with the squad now, so before we go on and talk about the actual games, mm -hmm. I'm just going to get another beer. So to look at the actual games themselves then, um, I'm really intrigued about what's going to happen against Denmark because for me, Giggs is yet to win a game against a good team in my opinion, or in fact get any sort of performance out against a good team. Um, and I feel like he needs to do that. I think he needs to lay a market down because as good a side as Denmark are, they're not 1970s Brazil. They've got Christian Eriksen and that's about it. I mean, that lad Cornelius who played for Cardiff City, who was an absolute shambles, he's in the squad. Like, you know, they're not exactly Pele. Pele is there. So I feel like we've, we should be able to compete with them in a way that we didn't when we played them in Denmark. I don't disagree with that in terms of where they're at. But I think they are organisationally and a, from a sort of familiarity and a understanding of one another's strengths, they're at a, a level above where we're at currently. And that, that's just reflective of yeah. us evolving from 
the Coleman team to the Giggs team. And so that's not meant as a as an issue per se. I just think they're so much more settled, so much more together as a unit that I still think that puts them a notch above us. I agree with that in principle, but I do also think we should be able to turn out a performance against them, which we didn't. Don't disagree with that. Uh, and I think at a point... Giggs needs to do that because we can't go into our qualifying campaign in a situation where won a couple, lost a couple, won. Like it doesn't work like that. You have to grind stuff out, and I feel like a, Den- a Denmark away game in a, in a qualifier for the Euros, we can't afford to lose those games if we want to qualify for a tournament, and we did quite convincingly lose last time. So I really don't, I really do. Sorry, want to see Giggs kind of impose whatever his final style is on the team and bring that to the table now because I think we're at a point where honeymoon phase to an extent is over we've played a bad team we've beaten them played a good team we haven't Um, and we've only played well in three games really Um, so I'm intrigued to see what happens Um, I've got a controversial starting lineup. okay but I want you to go first Oh, thank you. Well, only because I've talked for 30 seconds, like for five minutes. So, Just to go back to that topic, I think the fact that we're now on to our, what, eighth game with gigs, you feel like there should be... He won't have answered all of the questions, but you feel like there should be some form of where we're going. And I'm, I'm a bit concerned that we, we still haven't found that template. Um, and I think... Given these are effectively our last two games before the qualifiers kick off in March, and yeah, admittedly it's a gap, but they're our last two games. I'm I'm concerned that we still might be chilly and challying a bit about what's going on. But okay, so lineup. You go. Okay. Well, Hennessy. What? <laughs> might agree on that one. Yeah? Then across the back, I would have. I went Dummer, Mepham, Williams, and Roberts. The fact that Chester seems to be finding a little bit of form with Villa at the minute. If he plays well this coming weekend, I might sub him in for Mepham. Okay. Um, it was the next two I actually had probably had the most trouble with. Because my natural inclination is to put Ampadu in with Alan, because it just feels like the right combination. But he's Ampadu in particular is paying so little at the minute. He's probably still carrying a bit of an injury or at least getting over an injury so I would actually put Smith in with Alan for this okay. game then up then then Ramsey just ahead of them and then I go Brooks Wilson Bale up front okay okay right hit me with your controversial one it's, I'm, I'm, it's, there's only one thing that's actually that controversial really but I, I agree with you, Hennessy. I would start at the back, and I would start Mepham over Chester because I think Chester's not been in great form recently. Um, and I would stick probably with Ash. Uh, as always, uh, sorry, not as always. That's a lie. I would go with uh, Roberts, Connor Roberts at right back, and Dummer at left back. I think he's playing at a higher level at the minute than, than Taylor yeah. in terms of the division and technically. I would then go for a midfield three of Ampadu, Allen and Smith. 
And then I would go Brooks, Bale, Wilson. My controversial decision is no Ramsey. And I'll tell you for why. <laughs> for me, he's not been playing that much for Arsenal recently. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen, and I'm not an Arsenal fan, but from what I've seen, when he has come on, whilst he has contributed at times, he's not always contributed. Um, and I thought that he played against Denmark and Spain in a way that I didn't think really suited him or got the best out of him and as a consequence he didn't perform and my decision to perhaps drop him would be twofold one would be that he needs to know that he's not undroppable in this wave of uh, young talent that we've got coming forward and if he wants to move clubs which is something we'll talk about after he he really does need to make a, a great decision all round not just for him personally but for Wales as well I also think that, oh, yeah, I can see you sitting back in your chair and crossing around. The roof is going to chuck a pint at me. Uh, no, I did that last podcast. <laughs> that was true, um, my other thing is, I think if we just play two in the middle there, in reality, Brooks and Wilson, or Lawrence, whoever you choose, or you want to play on the other side. As much as they may be told to, naturally, they don't track in as much. And our big thing against Denmark was we were often left 3v2 in the middle yeah. and we got overrun. And part of that, whether he was told to do it or whether it was just how he played on the day, was down to Ramsey, not contributing, going the other way as much. Um, and I feel like if we're going to have a chance of beating the Danes, I feel like we need to go 3v3 in the middle. I think feel like we need to contain them a little bit. And as the game develops, do more. Because if we let Christian Eriksen play the way he played last time out, they're going to beat us again. And I do feel like, again, Giggs needs to prove himself in some way. If he sets us up in a similar way, with three in, a, in attack to all intents and purposes in a number 10, I feel like we're going to get overrun again and we're going to have the same problem and the same situation is going to happen and I feel that's going to be a negative for us in a way that we can't necessarily recover from yeah I, and I worry that if we if we play the same way we'll get overrun and I feel that we can't we can't put ourselves in that position again so as a consequence I would play the way I feel the situation deserves right I don't disagree with you about three in the middle but I, I would be playing Ramsey with Smith and Allen in that kind of three I would like to see us go after the game as opposed to approach it as containing Denmark. In the Coleman days, we would have approached it as containing Denmark. Now, I think we should be approaching games differently. Also, we might as well push for the win in this game, because we're going to be second in the group. We can't be relegated. If we win, we win We win our little trio. If we get a draw or, a, or we're defeated, we're probably going to end up second. The result with Ireland play Denmark would have to be really weird for us not to end up second. So 
part of me thinks we might as well throw it at them in this game. We're at home. We should be trying to show our attacking potential. Do you not think that we tried to go after them a little bit in Denmark and we got murdered? Murdered hard. That we tried to go after them in Denmark and it didn't go well. And therefore, we, we should at least try a different approach. Because, and I... And I say this because if we'd have gone after them and we'd beaten them fair, mm -hmm. in the same way that when we went after uh, Ireland at home and we beat them yeah. and we went after them, it, it worked. Yeah. In the same way, so when we played them in Dublin, okay, it didn't work out the exact same way, but we went out with them similar intent. And again, it worked. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you play the same way, and it, well, we played that one way at first, it didn't work. See, I'm not convinced to, to we me, played that way in Armus. I'm still not convinced that's how we I, played. I don't think we were helped by the formation and everything, with Roberts playing on the wing and everything. That definitely didn't help. But tactically, we were outdone by the fact that Ericsson was allowed to do what he wanted. And that was nothing to do with who played wide. I don't disagree with you. That's why I wouldn't play Ambadu in that game. Because I don't think he's up to speed at the minute. In one is form that, or another. Is that not more of a situation? I, and I agree with you. He's not playing regular first-team football. But... I, I don't think that, I don't think you, I think you could have had a lot of people instead of Ampadu yeah. who weren't Welsh. I mean, I don't know. You could have had maybe like a Kante, but uh, <laughs> maybe he's the exception. But you got a lot of people in that role against Denmark, and I think we would have had the same result because I don't think it was as much a personnel issue as it was a tactical one. And I feel that the reason, yes, Ampadu got overrun a bit. That is an issue. Um, but I also think it was his fault entirely in the same way that Conor Roberts didn't have a great game and neither did Gunter and I don't really think that was either of their faults my point is I'm, for a long long time we've played square pegs round holes and I've seen that happen for Wales before I've seen it happen for Newcastle more times than I can care to remember and it very rarely works I feel like at the minute we're in a situation where we can actually play that way. And do you know what? Yes, it comes at the expense of Aaron Ramsey, in my mind. But I also think it is the right way to approach the game. Because if we do the same thing as we did last time, I feel we look stupid. And by we, I mean gigs. I think there are two different things here. I'm not sure I agree with you that we went actually we actually went after them in Denmark. I mean, and even if even if I agree to that presumption, I think the personnel that we had was so wrong for that that we it was never going to work. So I would like to see us go after them with closer to the right people in the right place. Then. After the game, if that doesn't work, it doesn't work. But we haven't actually, I don't think we've gone after a good team. The Uruguay game may be the closest. We haven't actually gone after a good team with our best team yet. Oh, you're jogging my mind. Um... Because you can't claim that what we were doing in our house with Connor Roberts in that position was our best team. Okay, I take that point, but that was through choice, not circumstance. So in that moment, rightly or wrongly, Giggs did think he was putting his best team out. No one was rested, no one missed out because they were injured. 
that was, in inverted commas, our strongest team. I, I, I don't think it was, but in, in theory it was, because Giggs didn't have anyone he couldn't choose. So I think there's a lot of kind of elements to the situation in that I don't think he helped himself in the first instance, but I still maintain right personnel or wrong personnel. We would have lost that match either way because of the way we were set up tactically. And we got over and in the midfield. Ericsson's always good enough to be the spare man, which often happened. And in my opinion, that's why we lost the match. So I, I feel like I agree with what you're saying, but the reason that happened wasn't... It was in our hands and bad decisions were made. Just uh, yeah, I agree with that. Hands. No, I agree with that. Now I want us to make the right decisions for this Danish game. And I think if we do, we've got a chance to go after them. And I, I think we may as well, because it, we're in second place. We might as well go for first. Yeah. It's not actually going to affect anything if we don't. So let's try a Ireland one type approach and see if it works. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see that happen. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Personally, I'm just not sure that it will. And I'm also not sure that it's the right thing to do because I do think that whilst, whilst the way we approached it last time wasn't great, I think that the same problems would have remained. And I say that based on the way we've played against Uruguay, Mexico, Spain. So I hope that whatever Giggs decides to do, he doesn't address that in one way, shape or form, whether he asks Rambo to sit deeper or whatever. I feel it's more of a tactical situation than a personnel one. I think we need the right personnel for the tactics we want to approach. And I don't think, I think the closest we've come to that so far is Uruguay. And what I want to see is some, um, not, as you said, trying to put round pegs in square holes, or the other way around. Um, so I think we, that's what we've been guilty of, I feel, is that we've been asking people to not perform to their strengths. So let's just put out a team where we're actually asking the lads to do what comes best to their position. Then let's see what that does for us. Oh, no, I, I think I, I can understand your perspective. I don't entirely agree with you, but <laughs> I agree with your perspective. Uh, okay, Is you, have you got anything else you want to say on Denmark? No, I want to eat my burger. Okay, well, jo uh, Joy's going to eat a burger. Shut up, I'm that up. Ruth's going to eat her burger, and, uh, and we'll be back to talk about Albania. Okay, so Ruth has finished her burger. Uh, looking ahead, then, to the Albania game. I'm just going to turn us down a little bit. Uh, looking ahead to the Albania game, I'm intrigued about how this is going to go, to be honest, and what sort of lineup and setup is going to put out. However, before we get there... I just wanted to have a little word on ticket prices because that's going to cause a lot of controversy and a lot of people have raised a lot of questions, which I think are fair. I'm not entirely sure I agree with everything, but tickets have gone uh, on sale £15, which is uh, £11 more than I think the Scottish fans were paying for their competitive Nation Leagues game. They were £4 a ticket. 
if you couldn't have done those complicated maths for yourself. Um, the reasoning is that it has gone to cover costs of the, on the basis that this was an enforced game in inverted commas. You have to fill every international window uh, with two matches if there's not one set up you through the Nations League. Uh, which is what Wales have done with Albania. They said apparently there weren't too many options left, and this was the last option. So as a consequence, they decided to cover their costs by charging the Wales fans £15. Well, that was part of the reason. Like, personally, I don't... I think £15 is cheap for a football ticket at international level. I think it's cheap to see you're going to play... Going to see Aaron Ramsey, well, maybe not actually, but in my mind, uh, see Bale, Ramsey, Brooks, all those You're not players. Though, are you? <laughs> I, I don't know. Re do you know what? Regardless, mm -hmm. we're a big draw, yeah. relatively speaking, these days, and I think that there there is a consequence of that. Um, and I also think that people are forever talking about the great work that the FAW Trust and everyone else is doing, but that also needs to be financed. And I'm not saying that should come solely from our pockets, but for the impact it would have had for you or me or whoever else would go to pay an extra £11 a ticket, I, I just don't see in this instance what the issue is. If they're charging 60 quid, sure, I get it. Um, and I do think the argument that they... I do think there's an argument that the the fans shouldn't be punished to all intents and purposes for the fact that Wales had to organise another game. And I and I do get that. And I feel that also I agree to an extent that if we don't if there's not a stand of some description taken now, then where does it go from here? However. I think we've been kind of very fortunate in the last few years and I feel like there's a danger of us kind of getting carried away a little bit. And I, and I feel like in a couple of years, paying £15 for a ticket to Albania might seem small fry if we go back to the dark days again. And, um, I just feel this is a wrong time, in my opinion, to kind of stir up much, stir up is the wrong word, to, to bring much negativity to the fore when I feel that it's at a time when we're doing very, very well on and off the pitch. <clears throat> I, ha I have a problem with the principle. And the reason I don't that, disagree with you. The reason I have a problem with the principle is that usually in the competitive games, the home nation gets to set ticket prices. The arrangement clearly with the FAW and the Albanians was that the FAW got to set the prices for the Wales end. And on that basis, they've taken average of our recent away games, and that's where the £15 came from. Sorry, they, they've done that and they've, and they've halved it. Okay, yes, sorry, you're right. They, they averaged and they halved, yeah. What bothers me about the principle was, let's say we'd organised a friendly with a, a, a country that's ranked above us. Let's say it's Spain, for argument's sake, right? And we let them set their ticket prices. We kept our ticket prices, though, because we wanted to fill the stadium. They set their ticket prices themselves and took the difference. We wouldn't be happy with that. We wouldn't be happy if we'd been sat in the Millennium Stadium and the Welsh fans had been paying what the Welsh FA set and the Spanish fans had been paying something else and the Spanish FA had taken the difference. We wouldn't be happy. We can't pretend we would. 
And so I just don't think it's the right thing to do. I don't think it's the fee in and of itself that is the problem. I just don't like the precedent. I, I, I agree with you. My problem with that, would, though, in your example, would be... I'd be annoyed for a different reason. I'd be annoyed for letting the FAW, in your example, get away with it. And I feel if, therefore, we're going to be annoyed at the Al Albanians for letting us do it, I think... No, no, I'm not, I'm not annoyed at them. No, I would be annoyed at the Spaniards for behaving that way. If the roles had been reversed and we'd been on the receiving end of a visiting FA charging more for their fans to sit in our stadium and then pocket the difference we would be annoyed at that and that's the situation that we we're in with the albanians i agree but then i i i, I see what you're saying but i don't think that from what i can garner from people we've spoken to i don't think that's why people are annoyed i think they're annoyed purely at the fact they are the ones who were footing the bill to all intents and purposes more on a principal issue than a finance issue yeah, I, I, I think there's two. I think there's two issues. We're we're paying for the friendly, uh, but equally, I think we've we've got to think about what would happen if the roles had been reversed. We would not be happy if we were in this situation. Do you want know genuine? I am not just saying this to be argumentative. I it wouldn't bother me in any way. Shape no, it bothers me. It, it fundamentally bothers me. I, I feel the principle. The principle argument in my. Uh, mind is that the fans are footing the bill and who pocket it at the end of it isn't the problem to me it's the fact that the fans are footing the bill in that in your example it wouldn't bother me that Spain were doing that however I would totally understand the Spanish fans being pissed off that that had happened in the same way that I can't imagine the Albanians are that asked. however I do understand why the Wales are a fan for annoyed I just feel that I agree with you principally, but I also feel like the, the, the cost in this instance isn't enough of a problem for us to get annoyed about in the, in the grand scheme of things, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, you tweeted out that you know what, what folks were charged to go to that terrible away stand at the Aviva is more of an issue, and I would agree with that from a, a cost point of view. I, ju I just just don't like the way we've behaved with this and I think one of the things we've been good at as, a, as an FA is how we've behaved and how we've liaised with people and I think we've got this a little bit wrong and that's what I've got an issue with. No, I, and I can see, I think that's fair and I, and I can understand that perspective. In my opinion, I, I, what I'm trying to say I suppose is I don't think it necessarily uh, deserves the response it got I think is maybe what I'm, is, the, is the best way of trying to say so I do agree with the principle I really do and I'm, I'm just not sure that it warranted the backlash that it got um, but I think you make a, a fair point and I, and I and I said this on Twitter the other day that I do think the people who are pissed off about it are making a valid point and I, and I completely can see where they're coming from I feel like the here and now is not the right time to be annoyed about it, in my opinion. And I say that on the back of the fact that I'm not going to Albania. <laughs> I haven't bought a ticket. <laughs> I haven't bought my accommodation. Yeah. You know, and I do see that I'm looking at it from a different perspective from over here. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was worth uh, a comment. We've agreed on almost nothing. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to get another pint in my lap in a minute. Um, so looking at the, and the, and the game and everything itself, um, I feel like the big person 
who has got to start in this game for me is uh, is Ward. Because I, I know he's not getting game time at Leicester and all this. But one day, Wayne Hennessy might get injured. And the first time that Danny Ward plays in a game against what could be a competitive and important opposition, it can't be that first time. And I know he played in the Euros, and I know it was fine, but that happened once. We should be warding against that happening again. Warding. Um, uh, oh, I should have written that down. Uh, we, we sh that shouldn't be happening again. So I feel like in a game which is, to all intents and purposes, the definition of meaningless, I feel like this is a perfect opportunity for him to get game time. And I, in my opinion, I feel he has to start. Yeah, I would agree with that. Do you want my line-up, seeing as you made me go first last time go as well? Yeah, so... I would keep Dummer in because I think he's played so little for us that I want to see more of him. And then centre-backs would be whichever two we haven't played in the Danish game. Yeah. So from my arg my original argument, it would be Chester and Lockyer, but it might be Meth and Lockyer. And then I'd put Guns in on the right uh, just to get, bring a bit of kind of stability and maturity to that line. Although Chester, you know, if it was Mepham and Lockyer, yeah. you need guns. If Chester was there, maybe not. And then I'd go with Ampadu and Smith in the middle. Mm, I like that. Yeah. And then I would go Tom Lawrence, Brooks, Woodburn and Tyler Roberts. So there again, Lawrence... Tom Brooks. Lawrence, Brooks, Woodburn, Tyler Roberts. Okay. And then okay. I would sub it. I've got quite a lot of subs at halftime, but we can come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think on the whole, I agree with you. Um, I, however, would do something different at the back. Okay. Just to stick to my controversial theme of the pod. <laughs> I would have... Warding goal, Gunter at right back, mm -hmm. and I want to talk about Gunter uh, another time. I would start James Lawrence at centre half. Okay. Alongside Paul Dummett, and I would play Neil Taylor at left back. Okay. Then, similar sort of thing to you, on the basis that Ampadu uh, was playing in my team. Yes. Uh, and Ramsey wasn't. I would have. And again, bear with me. I would have Alan, Wilson, and Ramsey in a midfield three. I would stick Voxy up top, because I like him. And I would go Lawrence and Woodburn either side of him. Just to explain myself temporarily. And I know that's a bit of a weird one. But. <laughs> like the other one wasn't? Yeah, true. But. Ward needs game time. Perfect opportunity. I want Gunter to keep playing. He's 29 years old. He's more than capable of getting to 100 caps. He's on 91 at the minute. He deserves the game time because uh, he's not playing that often for, for Reading at the minute. What's the point of calling up James Lawrence if you're not going to let him play? I have long since championed Paul Dummett at centre-half and I feel in a game that has limited importance it would be interesting to see what he can do there for Wales and I think Neil Taylor as you say is in decent nick for Villa give him a go in the middle mm -hmm. 
Wilson has often been playing for Derby in a deeper role. So I'd be intrigued to know what he can do there for Wales in two ways. One, he could be a new number 10 for us uh, as Ramsey gets older. But also, I, I'm just intrigued to see how he you know, plays in that role for Wales outside of the attacking thing, see what else he can do. Because he has, from what I've seen and heard, done that well for Derby. And Joe Allen would be the sitter of that. And I'd let Ramsey have a start after not starting him against Denmark. Um, Tom Lawrence is in decent nick. Give him a game. I think Ben Woodburn not playing much for Sheffield United. But again, I think there's no harm in him having a go. And I think Vokes is a good player to have in that game. And I, and I feel bad for not putting Tyler Roberts in. I'm not sure he's losing sleep over this. But um, I feel bad for him not going in. But Vokes is in good form. He's playing well, scoring goals, signed a new contract, and I think his hold-up play would be good enough to bring Woodburn, uh, Lawrence, Ramsey, uh, Wilson, whoever else, into the game. And I think that is still uh, a challenging attacking prospect for the opposition to face. So that is my rant about okay. this. And I appreciate it's weird. Yeah. And, I'm, and, I, and I take full responsibility for that. However, what's the point in us playing this friendly if we're not going to do something different and new? Um, and do you know what? Maybe you could stick Dan James instead of Tom Lawrence because we know what he's going to do. Um, but on the whole, I, I just think it's worth experimenting. The point I'm trying to get at very round the houses is I want us to do something experimental. We're not weird experimental like playing Connor Roberts at you know, right wing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean my I would like I said, a lot of half time substitutions, so I bring in George Thomas and James Lawrence and Dan James to what would have been my starting lineup just to mix it up. Mix up a bit. Yeah. Um I'm intrigued to see what Giggs does. The one thing that people have levelled at gigs, or not levelled at gigs, but kind of raised towards gigs in some sort of compliment, is that we don't kind of know what he's going to do next. And people seem kind of like excited by the fact, like, oh, he's done this, or he's done predictable in that way. To me, that's a negative, because we should know what to expect in these big games. And we should know what our style of play is and everything else. Because you say what you want about Coleman. We knew how we were going to set up. We knew what our style of play was going to be. We knew what was going to happen. And I think as a consequence of that, whilst wasn't always thrilling, we at least, everyone knew what was happening. I feel like the constant chopping and changing of lineups and setups and everything else, I don't think it's, it's helping anyone. However, I do think that against you, Albania... You say that like, having gone for two quite revolutionary yeah. lines in No, and, and, my, and my point is, is that I do think we should go for it. We say revolution, not I've just dropped Ramsey <laughs> from Purdue. It feels like a revolution. I think, I just think, I just feel at times we need to be tactically adept. And I think we've got the players to play in a variety of systems. And I think we should utilise that. I, I think, and it's a great thing, but I think Wales are beyond playing their best players and filling in the gaps elsewhere. We have got options in depth. And if our options in depth are in these attacking young, fast, wide players, then that's where we've got to go. In my opinion. <laughs>
I feel like this might be one of the most rambling, nonsensical podcasts we've done, but whilst raising a lot of valid yes. points. If anyone's going to listen to this, there is no conclusion follow-up. <laughs> we know we don't kind well, of we hug and, we don't hug and shake week, hands. In two weeks' time, <laughs> yeah, exactly. we will know. No, a week's time. We yeah, know. when we come back together, we will tell you. But I will like to point out, though, that for the Island game, I did successfully predict the lineup. You did. So maybe Giggs is a follower. Who have we got now? Rafa's listening. Yeah. Uh, Bale, he's got to listen, Bale. Yeah, absolutely. He must listen. Yeah. Johnny Williams' is dad, yeah. and now uh, Ryan Giggs. Yeah, you're right then. It's That's quite it. the star studded lineup we <laughs> uh, yeah, have there. Uh, the point I'm trying to make ultimately is I feel that we should have a go and try stuff different because looking at Albania's results here, it's not exactly uh, a who's who of successes. I mean, for the sake of reference, Albania's last three results are they lost 2-0 to Israel, they drew 0-0 with Jordan, and lost 2-0 to Scotland. I mean, it's not exactly revolutionary stuff there. And the last time they won a match was uh, on the 7th of September. Um, and I know they have some half-decent players, but I feel like if you're drawing nil-nil to Jordan and losing to the Scots, we should be able to give them a go. Well, that's why I think we might as well. We might as well be experiment. experiment. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure Giggs knows that. I'm sure he will. That's the purpose of these. That this type of friendly, isn't it? Yeah, it's I like agree. A, it's like an old-fashioned friendly in that sense, yeah. isn't it? You can push the boat oh, out and try, try a few things. things. Yeah. Um, my favourite bit, your least favourite bit. Uh, predictions. How do you think we will do against the Danes? I'm actually really struggling with a prediction for this one because... Well, I've given I you your homework. You had three days notice. <laughs> I, I genuinely think it... I'm going to say 2-1 to us, but with very little confidence. I'm going to say 1-0 to Denmark, uh, with equally little confidence. Um, and the reason I say that is just because I, I fear that we might make the same mistake as last time. And I think if Ericsson plays a similar thing might happen. I think we'll be more solid at the back because we're at home. Uh, but I think we will lose one now. Well, I'm sorry, everyone. Albania. <laughs> I'll go first this time okay. in that case. On the basis that I'm playing a ridiculous lineup, yes. I think I'm going to go for a high-scoring draw. I'm going to go for like a 2-2 draw. Okay. Because whilst they're not great, they do have some decent threatening players. I think everyone's going to kind of mix, mix and match. We do have the ability to score goals regardless of who plays. So I think we will. And I think if we play a mixture, a mix and match at the back, I think we'll probably concede a few as well. So I'm going 2-2. Okay. I'm going 1-3 to us. 1-3. Oh. We have agreed on nothing this evening. <laughs> Okay, so after our recording in the pub was done last time, we realised that the second half of it was almost completely inaudible due to the fact that there was a quiz going on in the pub and you couldn't really hear us. So we've decided after the weekend's results to give you um, some more updated opinion on things, which is for the best, because I think what I predicted 
uh, was almost entirely incorrect. There was no almost. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just skip by that. Anyway, so we will, uh, in this little edited segment, look at um, how the Welsh clubs got on this weekend, the FA Cup draw, which has just come out, and how the Wales women got on as well. Um, I want to start with Cardiff. Mm-hmm. just because I've been disparaging of Cardiff of late and you told me that we have to do this. So um, I will say I thought, I thought Cardiff played very well on the weekend. I watched, um, I watched the game in a, in a deep hangover comatose and whilst I felt they were... Obviously going down to 10 men was a big help to them um, and it was a definite red card. Mm-hmm. I was actually really impressed with the way they played and the one person... That, though I'm sure he is not a listener, is Callum Patterson that I need to perhaps begin to apologise for because I was very uh, uncomplimentary, shall we say? That's been kind, yes. Uh, about him at the start of the season. And I thought he was brilliant the other day. Um, brilliant is maybe a stretch. But I thought he was very good. And he took his goal well. He was a menace. Um, I still maintain he's not a very good footballer, and I don't think he is. But he has got enough about him to annoy people mm-hmm. enough and you know he's never going to be a problem against Man City Liverpool Chelsea but I feel against your Brightons who are basically compact and organised and you know Newcastle and other teams like that he is going to cause a problem mm-hmm. they looked a bit more like the Cardiff of last season didn't they where they were kind of pushing their weight around a little bit no, almost totally like they sort of refound that side of their yeah. play um which you feel might be the way that they can find a route to staying up if, if they can become the sort of menacing team physically um, and, and push that angle. It's obviously something they're comfortable with. It yeah. worked for them last year. So perhaps that's the, a start of them refinding themselves. I totally agree. And I think in a way that their style of football, like you said last year, was just being menacing and bullying people. I, I think that's what they're going to go back to and I think the one thing I, I I don't think they have got enough credit for this week and I obviously haven't seen match of the day so I don't know if they did but their equalising goal whilst it was a bit of a scruffy finish in the way that it bounded around before Patterson put it in I think it was something like an 18 pass move that started across the back line and if Man City scored that goal <laughs> people would be weak at the knees for it and I think because Cardiff scored it I'm not again if I'm talking out of turn on match of the day I don't know but it was brilliant. Like they'll pass the ball along the back line. Brighton didn't get a touch. Kadeem Harris has kind of broken past the last line, put a good little ball in, and it's come to pass. And it was, you know, really impressive football. So maybe, you know, they have started to kind of find their feet in the Premier League a bit. Um, and they're starting to kind of take strides forward. Like I've always maintained I wanted Cardiff to stay up, I've never wanted Cardiff to go down. Um, but I was always worried that they would. Uh, and I still maintain that they will, sorry. But I feel like at least they look like a team that's united by their purpose again. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's their fundamental strength, isn't it? They're actually a team. Yeah. And despite being at that end of the table, they haven't sort of slid into dysfunctional like a lot of teams can yeah. at this point in the season. I think the fact that they've held it together actually hopefully will give them some strength going forward now. I totally agree with you. Um and like I say, I would love them for it. love them to stay up. Not necessarily the expense of uh, Rafa's Newcastle, but uh, I would would, would not, definitely would, would want them to stay up. 
Um, to move on to the Swans to complete mm-hmm. uh, to start to complete the, the perfect uh, Welsh clubs uh, weekend. I have only seen kind of very short highlights of the game. Obviously, difficult to watch it over here. Um, but this looks, in a way, a little bit like rather than the impressive football that they have at times played of late. Looks like they've kind of ground one out a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, no, you've, you've probably still seen more than I have, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, but from what I was reading, it does sound like it was like a hard work win yeah. as opposed to a kind of cultured win. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like um, after beating Bolton, it was an important one considering they'd lost to Ipswich and... Was it Rotherham? Rotherham, that's right, who were down the bottom end. Um and that game against Rotherham in particular, um, they played well for 80 minutes and then basically switched off. And I felt like that, again, from what I've seen and read, they did seem to kind of grind this one out a little bit, which I'm sure Potter will be happy with. I did saw a brilliant stat that uh, I think it was Leon Britton uh, tweeted out, like mm-hmm. a, a photo um, from Sky Sports News, and they are top of every passing percentage statistic you can find in the championship and with something like 82% completed passes so the philosophy that Potter is trying to put on Mm -hmm. uh, on on the team and everything is obviously really that sounds a a bit more sort of Swansea of old as well doesn't it that sort of approach exactly again going back to a little bit of of saying you know Cardiff sort of found themselves you, you feel if Swansea can sort of refine themselves and, and stabilise. That's only good. I agree, and that the fact that Boney is is back in the squad mm-hmm. and and everything else, I think, will be a big plus for them. Um, to have someone of that quality in the Premier League is, you know, in their Championship. Sorry, is is going to make a world of mm-hmm. difference to them. Um, moving on to Newport, um, hard fought victory for them as well against the Met Police. They won two nil. Um, the Met Police had a man sent off, I think, as well at one point. Um, again, I don't know how easy highlights are to come across in the UK, but as you can imagine, second round FA Cup highlights, <laughs> first round, sorry, FA Cup highlights, um, uh, are hard to come by. But from what I've read, again, they put out a pretty much close to full strength first team and did a did a professional job, um, as did Wrexham yesterday against Western Supermare. Yep. Um, yesterday being Sunday, another 2-0 win for them. Which has led us to the FA Cup draw, uh, which is an interesting one. They, Swansea, um, Swansea, Wrexham will play Newport, yeah. which I think is brilliant. And, and from the people I, we follow on Twitter and stuff, everyone seems very excited. Oh, well, I can't wait for that. I think it'll be brilliant. So I really, yeah. I really hope that that is uh, is going to be on on the TV somewhere, yeah. and we can try and we'll grab a dodgy link somewhere. Yes. Um, to watch that because I think that would be absolutely brilliant to watch speaking of the cup we did mention uh, thanks to a gentleman called Steve Thomas the Combran Town game um, they were on an 11 game unbeaten run which we proudly announced on our previously reported <laughs> ver- recorded version of this pod uh, and they played Tom Pentra in the Welsh Cup second round but unfortunately, the dream run of 11 games did come to an end there as they lost 2-1. Yeah, we perhaps shouldn't have touted them. in the As a cut set. <laughs> shouting, shouting over the trivia at the, <laughs> the Genie Johnson. <laughs> we, didn't, we weren't very helpful. No, we, we, we jinxed them. So apologies, uh, Cumberland Town fans. But what a brilliant run of mm-hmm. results to go on to get to that point. 
Um, as I say, to you know, for it to be eleven games is is a brilliant thing at, at any level. To look through some of their results um, were actually really impressive because not only are they you know winning games, but they're also beating people um, by big big scores. I mean, some of their early results: beat Ponty Mister nine nil. Um, what was the other one that I've got here? They beat Wattsville seven two. Um, Villadino Christchurch, they beat them seven 0 So at any level of football, to be churning out those sort of results is uh, is very impressive. So well done to Gumbrand Town, even if they didn't make it past Tom Pentra. Two one, the result was in the end. Apparently, I was kind of keeping an eye on it on Twitter. They scored quite a late goal to kind of create the drama, but right. uh, couldn't wasn't couldn't enough. find an equaliser. Wasn't enough. Wasn't to be. <laughs> Um, but well done to Cumbrand Town for, for getting as far as they did and uh, and going on that incredible incredible winning run. Or well, undefeated run, sorry. Um, we also have an international match to discuss, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Wales women. Yeah, playing away in Portugal, a little yeah. mini tournament. Yeah. So we're actually recording this between the two games, aren't we? Uh, so the first one, unfortunately, they went down 1-0 oh, no. to a, a late, last minute, wasn't it? A late, late, quite a nice volley, in fairness. Yeah. Um, Nice goal from them. Uh, but I think it's it's great that we're getting these um, games against very comparable opposition. We're, I think we're ranked 29th and they're like 32nd, 33rd or something. Right, okay. um, turned it into a bit of a training camp, warm, warm weather training camp, a couple of games down, down there. Uh, and an opportunity to you know, rest some players. Lauren Dyke's not in the squad. Jess Fishlock's not in the squad. And bring in some... More some more of the younger players. Um, Fionn Morgan got her first cap. Yeah, I Ella, saw that. Ella Powell got her first cap. A um, couple of strikers that are only twenty by yeah. the end of the game, um, and so it's great to see that kind of progression through through the ranks coming into the yeah. first team that we've, we've been seeing in the men. Yeah. While we're on that topic, you know, the under seventeens of women's have made it to the elite yes, round for the first time. So they're into the last 28 of, of their competition. Uh, the draw's in uh, about 10 days, I think. It'll be interesting to see what they end up with. But really encouraging to see effectively a mirror image of the of the progression through the men's yeah. start, side starting to develop on the women's side. No, I agree. Well. Real, the progression is great. And I think to see you know a lot of people get their first and second caps mm-hmm. was great. I, I uh, only saw the first half myself. Um, but from what I saw, um, they are still kind of playing the same sort of way mm-hmm. um, of trying to play on the break a little bit, and it seemed it was effective. Kaylee Green had a had a good chance that she missed, like a difficult one on one on an angle to kind of try to dink it over the keeper. But um, they were creating chances, mm-hmm. and when you think they're missing, you know, two important players yeah. as well, it's a very encouraging sign. So hopefully, going into the game tomorrow, they'll, yeah. you know. It was nice to see Charlie Escort back as well. Oh yes, yeah. I meant. I meant she to was. She was nice to see her back in the squad, yeah. and fit again. So that's encouraging. Too. No, I agree. I think there are a lot of positive signs to to look. To yeah, look so ahead. good luck tomorrow. Yes, good luck to the ladies tomorrow, um, and in the coming weeks, I'm sure we'll do probably a, a review around the time of the of the of the other 17 straw. So fingers crossed for them as well, um, and I think that might be us done. Was there anything so. else? No, I think we're about there. Okay, well. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. Please subscribe. Please follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Please give us a review. Please give us five stars, even if you think we're rubbish. Um, And write nice things about us. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. 